Hello everyone, welcome to the Wire Bank Sucks Podcast. My name is James, a notorious banker, and I'm here to tell you why your bank does in fact suck very much. As of right now, 2,364 amazing followers at BankBetterGuy on Twitter. Guys, thank you so very much for your support on my project. I really do appreciate it, both the podcast and my Twitter account. The Notorious Banker is really thankful for that. And I'm thankful that you allow me to be able to help you and to help the little guy, the average customer, fight big banks. That is what I'm good at. I am the average man, and I did work for big banks. I know how to get it done. That's the role I chose to play. That's the career path I chose to have. Um, I'm going to continue doing it as long as I financially can do it and as long as I have the love and support from amazing followers like you. So thank you so very much for that. You know, typically I do a once a year mental health awareness month podcast about mental health and banking because I really do feel it's an important topic. And that was supposed to run Wednesday of last week. But when the situation arose with George Floyd in Minnesota, I kind of held off on posting it because there's two things. One, I wanted to get the lay of the land on Twitter. I wanted to see what was going on on Twitter. I have grown to love Twitter um, simply for you know, how viral things can get and how people are talking about a situation. And you can kind of gauge how important it is to the world by the activity on Twitter. And, um, you know, I've had Twitter off and on for 11 years, but I haven't really gone heads, you know, head first into it until I started The Notorious Banker. But when I did, I realized what an amazing, um, what amazing tool it is. You know, whether you're into sports, whether you're into, you know, current events, or just anything, just talking about movies or TV shows, it's really a resourceful tool. It's also a time suck. You can lose yourself with Twitter on ridiculous tangents and rants and fights with people you'll never meet. But it really is an important tool whenever something like George Floyd um, happens. Of course, unless you've been living under a rock the last week, George Floyd was the gentleman who was killed um, by policemen in Minnesota on Monday sparking this amazing week where we've had protests we've had destruction of buildings fires looting you know arrests you know you see the national guard you see the SWAT team you see police all over the all over the country we just had a a little incident in El Paso Texas tonight and El Paso is probably the last place I would think of a protest like this but you can tell that this is the topic du jour this is the topic of the day we need to talk about this now i you know i'm not gonna bs you and say hey i have all the answers about everything i'm I'm a smart guy self you know anointed smart guy but this is a topic that has a lot of layers and i'm gonna tell you right now i am not um that intelligent in order to speak about certain aspects of this um intelligently the way that i think the the topic needs to be you know discussed but the one thing that i can tell you and this is the one thing i'm going to talk about um after these brief promotional considerations on the next segment here um i focus on the destruction and the vandalism of the big banks of big banks such as chase wells fargo bank of america and i've been posting a lot of those photos and videos on twitter the last two days and needless to say, my Twitter has blown up like no one's business. Hundreds of thousands of hits, impressions, if you will, retweets, uh, people sharing these things with me. And, you know, I, I had to come to a crossroads where am I, am I a media outlet? What am I? 
I know that I say that I hate big banks and I want big banks to go away and I want to see people arrested, to be quite honest with you, for some of the things that they do. But it's a bit of a crossroads whenever you see people just breaking the windows of the bank without actually knowing um, why or if they don't have a reason why, then they shouldn't be doing it. But, you know, to some people who um, decide to break the windows of a bank or to loot it, not that you can loot much in a bank, and we'll get to that in the next segment. Um, I talk about um, racism in banks all the time. I talk about discrimination in banks. I talk about the politics of working there. So I totally understand from some aspect what's going on with that. And and all I can tell you is there's a lot of layers to this story, the George Floyd story. The financial um, industry, services industry is one part of it just simply from the amount of photos that we've seen in the last couple of days and that's where I kind of want to get into I want to get into uh, Big Bank's roles in um, the topic of the week, the George Floyd case I really think it's something that needs to be addressed because I think a lot of anger and resentment um, for the African American community, for the Hispanic community and honestly for the lower to middle income white community um, the anger that they have with big banks is there, and I think it's kind of showing its horns um, with all of the with all of the protesting and with all of the damage to branch banks and their windows and their doors and their buildings. So I want to get into that. I you know the rest of the stuff we can definitely kind of touch on, but I want to leave that to the true experts of this. You know, I I can talk to you um, about discrimination from the perspective of a Hispanic American man who lives in a predominantly Hispanic American state. Um, but, you know, there's some lives that I'm not privy to because I've never lived in certain areas. Um, and what can I tell you? I, I know that there's so many intelligent people who could speak upon that. I could speak upon uh, the frustration with banks, though. So after this brief promotional consideration, I want to get into why I think this is going on. Um, the, the looting, the damage, the vandalism of, of big banks and their branches um, right after this. So please stick around. Hello, Wire Bank Sucks listeners. This is James, a notorious banker, inviting you to join me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash notorious banker. For as little as $1 a month, you can support the notorious banker's fight against bad banking. What will your patronage do? You'll allow the notorious banker to continue fighting for tens of thousands of people who share their issues monthly with big banks on social media. I reach out and assist those bank customers myself. Big banks are ignoring customers, charging crazy unnecessary fees, and refusing to work with them. The notorious banker gives clients the tools to bank better and fight back. The notorious banker is a 13-year veteran of consumer banking with a knack for policy knowledge, fighting for your money, and helping your voice be heard at the highest levels of big banks when you're ignored. Yours truly has recovered over $550,000 since April 1st when it comes to unnecessary overdraft fees and monthly maintenance fees, claim reversals, and the like. With your Patreon membership, there are also opportunities to receive bonus podcasts and exclusive merchandise, but at least $1 can show amazing loyalty. Please donate today at patreon.com slash notoriousbanker and help support a banking revolution. All right, we are back. So, of course, I mentioned in the first segment the George Floyd case has just taken on a life of its own. It has taken over TV coverage. Of course, you know, coronavirus was 24-7 uh, for three months straight on TV. Now we've been talking about the protests that have been um, going on all across America. 
and there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people protesting, tens of thousands of police, um, hundreds, if not thousands of reporters on the ground documenting everything. It is very interesting and intriguing. Of course, you know, I've heard on all the media outlets that this is the biggest um, uprising for citizens since 1968. Well, that was 15 years before I was born, so I wasn't there, so I couldn't tell you that for a fact. All I can tell you is it's kept me gripped um, to the television. It's allowed me to have a lot of discussions with my wife and to have a lot of discussions with some amazing people on Twitter. And um, for those for those people that I don't agree with certain topics, you still want to engage with them. You still want to talk to them and understand their point of view. That's what being American is about. You know what I mean? I, I, I always pride myself in saying the 2,300 plus people that follow at Bank Better Guy on Twitter come from all walks of life. You'll see people who have hashtag MAGA on my followers list and then you'll see the opposite side of things. You'll see someone who is the total opposite, a total hardcore left liberal you know what i mean and i think it's a beautiful thing to have both of those people following me because i think both of them have the same thought that big banks are probably not the place to go and a lot of them have frustration for many different reasons with big branch banks bank of america and wells fargo being the main two that we talk about on why your bank sucks of course so i always thought that that was an amazing thing and i'm so thankful for that i'm so thankful to have a platform where it's not divisive. The only people that hate me, honestly, are people who work in banks. So other than that, um, you know, it's cool to have people um, talk about things like that and, and can be civilized. I've seen people be civilized with very polarizing debates about banks where, you know, one side takes this way and the other side takes the other way. And I think it's cool that people can come together and talk about these things and know, hey, the bank sucks and here's why. And for the most part, they can agree with it. But of course we know that the world's not like that. The country is not like that. You know, have I faced discrimination in my 37 years of life? I probably have. Have I have I felt oppressed by it? Not me, but that doesn't mean that other people haven't. I do feel that there are certain instances now in retrospect at Bank of America where I do feel that my race, that my gender even, was part of discrimination against me and to suppress me from advancement at Bank of America. But I'm not going to go suing someone and saying, hey, I think this happened. No, I think it may have happened. I don't know for sure, unfortunately. Um, and I can get into that in a little bit as well. But, you know, here's the thing. And this is the thing I talk about. I want, I want to get this right off the bat, and then we'll talk about the destruction of uh, windows and doors and stuff at the banks, which is not a huge deal in the grand scheme of things here. But, you know, I, I know a lot of policemen. I worked at a bank. You run into these guys. They have bank accounts. They have um, instances where they have to go into the bank and arrest someone who's causing... A disturbance unfortunately you know you have these conversations with them and they're good people for the most part you know are there bad people yeah of course there's bad everyone you know and i have a pretty strong relationship with a lot of policemen that i grew up with in my hometown of socorro new mexico and here in las cruces new mexico where i've you know put roots in but also i know some of these um you know policemen who have had incidences with the law themselves who um morally ethically i don't agree with um you'll find me on change.org i did a change.org um petition because i wanted to see a policeman in my hometown of Socorro, new mexico terminated for um basically racist videos that he was posting on tiktok now i don't have tiktok i was thinking about doing tiktok for why your bank sucks but i don't know how fruitful that will be but we'll see about that 
but he was posting um, very offensive videos because um, he works on the Navajo Indian Reservation. And there's this stereotype where Navajo Indians um, consume, you know, mouthwash and rubbing alcohol to, to get drunk, to get inebriated. And he was posting videos of him, quote, arresting people, placing, you know, bottles of Listerine next to their passed out, you know, bodies right there on the street. They were alive, but they were obviously intoxicated. But he was glorifying this horrible thing. And the the frat boy in me finds it funny because as a person of social media, of course you want to laugh at things like that. But the banker in me, the human being in me, the, the gentleman in me finds it hor- horrendous, especially from someone in a role as a police officer. So I decided um, to air my grievances as an American citizen and say, hey, I believe in the policeman, but this person's not fit to be a policeman because you know what? This is This is mocking people. This is treating people like crap. Did he shoot someone? No. Did he kill someone? No. But he was creating a racially charged video against a certain group of people. And I just I just couldn't stand for it. I, I grew up around Navajo Indians. I, I They are some amazing people. They're some of the nicest people and some of the funniest people you'll ever meet. And um, seeing that, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I um, did this change.org petition. I got a few signatures on there. I lost track as to whether or not he kept his job. I know he got in trouble for those videos because it was on the local news and everything. Not by my hand, but by someone else's hand. And it was really scary. It was really sad. And I was just really just bummed out about the situation. Um, one bit of disclosure. He was about to marry into the family that I married into. And I just, I didn't want it. I didn't want it in that family. I didn't want to be around a person like that because he was already kind of a hothead before this incident. And there was just a lot of things going on with him that just do not fit my in-laws. And my in-laws are great people. And I was really vocal about that. I was really vocal about having to socialize with him. And I was really, really frustrated. That being said, a lot of policemen are, for the most part, really good. Are there bad apples in, in any, you know job and any career path of course there are so you know one of the one of the jokes that i always had and i used to have this with bank of america associates whenever um they would basically screw over my customers with home loans or auto loans or whatever and they would have a bad experience with someone over the phone and i would say i want to cite one of my heroes and that's the comedian george carlin by the way i, I wish he were alive today to just you know, kind of have commentary about what's going on in the world. I, I think we need that. But he basically said, you know, somewhere in the world, there's the world's worst doctor. By process of elimination, somewhere in the world lies the world's worst doctor ever out there. And then he, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, and you know what the crazy thing is? Someone has an appointment with him tomorrow. <laughs> I love that line. I, I absolutely love that line. And that's the thing. What he's getting at is sometimes it's luck of the draw. And that's what used to um, kind of get me out of my fear of flying. I used to have a huge fear of flying when I was younger. And the way that I would see it is kind of just off of that George Carlin riff. I would just say, you know, Southwest Airlines has never had a a fatality in the air of any other passengers in their 40 plus year history man that would give me such peace of mind getting into a southwest airlines plane i'm like if i die then it's just it's just meant to be but 99.99999% actually a 100% chance 
I'm going to make it out alive according to the odds as they see fit because Southwest Airlines has never had a fatality in the air in its entire history. They had one last year, unfortunately, and that was the first one ever. But up until that point in time, there never was. So that's how I used to get on the planes. So what I mean by that when it comes to cops is, you know what, you're going to run into a lot of good cops. You're going to run into a lot of people who do the right thing for their community. and They believe in their community. There's community organizers no matter where you go. Then there's assholes. Then there's people who just are all about them. One of the things I didn't like about the cop back home, uh, not to mention the racially charged videos, was you know he was engaged to someone that I'm related to, and he was talking with other women, and he was posting on Tinder and stuff like that. There are cops like that. I've met cops like that. I, I follow this young girl on Facebook that I've known since she was a little kid because I used to help her mom at the bank. She turned 20 years old. And then all of a sudden, at 20 years old, she marries a policeman. And she gets divorced two months later for that exact reason, infidelity. While I'm not saying infidelity leads to police brutality, what I'm saying is, obviously, the romanticism of the role being a, um, you know, a civil servant, whether it's a policeman or a firefighter, gives you a lot of instant credibility. So it really takes a bad apple to spoil um, a lot of that credibility right off the bat. So you're not going to hear me get into a long conversation of whether I think the policemen were right in holding down George Floyd. Obviously, they were horribly wrong. All of them need to get arrested. All of them need to go to jail. But do I feel that that's indicative of, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people in policemen? No, it's not. There's a good sizable chunk of people that aren't really up to snuff when it comes to that role. Just like there's a lot of people who are not up to snuff at being bankers. I used to hear that bullshit all the time. James, do you want to be a banker? Do you believe in what we do here at Bank of America? Do you think you have what it takes to be a banker? Now, here's the thing. I don't believe being a banker is any important job. It's just a dude that just handles money in people's financial business. You're not saving lives, you know, for the most part there. So whenever they used to throw that crap at me saying, Hey, James, do you really have it in you? I'm like, it's not the Marines. You know, whether I have it in me or not is is irrelevant. It's like, are you going to give me the tools to succeed, which I never felt that Bank of America did. I succeeded for a very long time until I got fired. But I went through hundreds of co-workers because a lot of them didn't have the tools, according to Bank of America, to work in a bank as if it was some prestigious job. And it's not. It's not a prestigious job. So yes, there are a lot of bad bankers out there too, just like there are a lot of good bankers. I've said it before, and I'll comment on Twitter anytime someone has a, a great experience with Bank of America. I said, I'm glad you got someone. Take the survey. You're going to get a survey on email or by the phone, take the survey and make sure that that person gets credit because otherwise they're never going to get credit. So if they say, hey, you know, Lisa in California really helped me, putting it on Twitter is not going to help. If you don't take the survey, Lisa's going to get shit talked to her the day after saying, oh, you didn't get any surveys. I guess your customers weren't impressed by you because they didn't do any surveys on you. That's literally how it happens. And then the good bankers go away and they just fade into obscurity. And the bad bankers who know how to kiss ass, who know how to oversell and know how to treat people like crap, somehow stick around for a long time. And I ran into a lot of those people. So the whole the whole thing I said is, you know, somewhere in the world is the world's worst banker or the world's doc, worst doctor. And yeah, there's bankers like that too. There's a horrible banker. There's a lot of good ones out there. But sometimes it's luck of the draw, and sometimes you gotta acknowledge that, hey, this person isn't good, and you gotta get that fixed. 
So I'm by no means going to be criticizing any job titles over here. But I do understand that there are some people who are just not meant to be in certain roles. And in banking, it goes without saying that there's a lot of people who are not sensitive to the needs. I've heard, you know, anti-gay stuff or anti-black stuff or anti-Hispanic stuff by co-workers of mine at Bank of America over 13 years. I think they're full of crap. I think they're stupid. I think that they shouldn't be talking about stuff like that in a workplace environment. But I still have to work. I still have to do my job. I could report it, and I did. But you know what? I still got to help my customers. But that doesn't mean that some, just because someone has a suit on means that they're there to help you. And that's the thing with the African-American and the Hispanic community. Now, here's, here's my testimonial to what's going on with the vandalism. Yeah, there are people looting. You know, they're looting Target, it seems like. And there's a lot of looting of, you know, clothing stores, cell phone stores. I'm seeing a lot of that. You know, there's people taking things. And have I stolen before in my life? Absolutely, I have. You know, from nail clippers at Walmart to, you know, listing the fruit that I put in self-checkout at the grocery store from one type of orange to the other to offset the $2 more that those oranges cost. I mean, we do stupid crap like that from time to time. I'm not proud of it, but I am a human being. I am a flawed person. If you're a religious person, which I'm not, but there are a lot of religious people out there, you know, they will attest to saying, hey, you know what? We're not perfect. And you know, we're not. But here's the thing. You have a bank... Whether it's Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, all of them in the last year, and I could tell you this at Bank Better Guy on Twitter, have instances of racial discrimination. Whether they're accusations on Twitter or whether they're hardcore conversations like Bank of America's ATMs in St. Louis in the inner city, Wells Fargo's redlining of people um, for home loans. And a story that was put out um, in the media about Chase and how they were denying African Americans the chance to be in their preferred program, their top tier program for banking. And Jimmy Kennedy, a Super Bowl winning football player, was discriminated against even though he made you know tens of millions of dollars over the course of his career um, playing in the NFL. I can tell you incidences that happen almost every day, and they get reported locally or regionally, occasionally nationally, but they get kind of swept under the rug. But here's the thing. The ones that you do not hear on the news are the ones you need to worry about. The ones that I deal with at Bank Better Guy whenever I have a Mexican-American person saying, hey, you know what, um, they closed my account out. They don't want to tell me why. And then I used to call, you know, when I used to work at Bank America, say, hey, how can we close... And here's a horrible generalization. Jose Chavez's account. I couldn't think of a name right off the top of my head. And they say, well, Mr. Chavez, um, he didn't provide us with his dual citizenship status. So we had to close his account out. Well, he's an American citizen. He was born in the U.S. He has a driver's license. He has a bank card with us that proves second ID. He has not lived in another country. He never said he lived in another country. He provided a social security number. So what's the deal? Oh, well, we started asking the question as if he, if he held a citizenship in another country to please disclose it to us. You know, meaning that they were trying to weed out people from Iran or Syria or, you know, in some cases, North Korea, Cuba, even Mexico, for God's sakes. They were putting that there and they threw out a lot of people, including white people, by the way, with that question. Do you hold dual citizenship? So what would happen to these people who wouldn't answer the question? Well, we, they would close out their accounts. 
they would say that they're going to mail them a check in 60 business days, which is three months, and they would be without money. And guess what? They were told that they could not open an account anywhere else in the U.S. These are American citizens. That happens to black people, too, with banks. I can tell you, search for Bank of America on Twitter. Search for Wells Fargo on Twitter. And you're going to see two things. You're going to see me. <laughs> you're going to see a lot of me with my 100-plus tweets a day. Then you're going to see a lot of African-American individuals at both banks saying, where the F is my money, or why the F are you guys holding my check, or what's going on? I can't eat. I need to pay the rent, and you guys are holding my check, or you wouldn't cash my check. And um, there's a phrase that a lot of um, African-American folks use with banks. And it's a joke that just, you know, I tell with my wife all the time. And it says, run me my money. I had never heard the phrase, run me my money, until I started seeing it a lot on Twitter. And um, the the funny part of it was the phrase was used by almost everyone to a T. Hundreds of people. The not-so-funny thing is those people were not with their money because banks were holding it, and that part sucked. I hated that part. And they had nowhere to turn to. The people at their branch wouldn't help them for for obvious reasons because a lot of the people in the branch don't have the capability of helping them. And then secondarily, you have customer service who generally doesn't want to help you anyway. And guess what? Whenever you're a person of color, they tend to not help you um, at all at that point in time. So you're left stuck and you're left complaining. You're left not to trust the bank anymore. You literally lose trust in the bank at that point in time. So, you know, I help a lot of people, and I, I can tell you, the people that I've helped on Why Your Bank Sucks, Vigilante Customer Service, that bank better guy on Twitter, about 60% of them are African-American. And that pretty much tells you all you need to know. But 15% are Hispanic, and the other 15% are white. It's amazing, the disparity. And it's, it's, it's something that's not on purpose. I didn't go actively seeking out Hispanics and black people. It just kind of happened to where those are the people that are most oppressed. My town is 85% Hispanic, and they closed Bank of America down. You know, And you have locations in East L.A. closing down. You have a lot of locations in Phoenix, in predominantly Hispanic and African-American areas of Phoenix closing down. Or at least they're closed down now during coronavirus, and you have to go to, honestly, the rich white neighborhoods, the Scottsdales of the world, the Chandlers, you know, the suburbs. And people don't go that way, and people don't want to go that way, and they don't want to bank that way, so they end up saying, screw it, I'm not going to deal with Bank of America anymore, I'm going to go to somewhere else. And they become someone else's problem, you know, and that sucks. That's not the way to deal with people. But you see that, and you see a lot of just, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I wish I knew what it was, but here's the thing with me. I worked 13 years at Bank of America, and the vast majority of my time at Bank of America, I had a manager who was an African-American older lady in her 50s. She has adult children. One of them is a very popular news anchor on the East Coast, by the way. And she's probably talking about vandalism at banks on her news show probably tomorrow morning. Um, but I had an African-American boss. And I will tell you one thing. I think she was an amazing person. I, I learned a lot from her. She gave me my chance to become a manager. I didn't like her at the time because she really treated me bad. I really felt bullied being the only male that worked there and just being the punching bag whenever sales weren't that good. But as I left the bank and as I've grown older, I've understood that she was put in a very bad position at the bank too. 
she was not put in a position to succeed and maybe be a regional manager or something like that. She was given the task of branch manager. She ran with it as much as she could, and then she was forced to leave. Now, here's here's what I think, and this is my personal opinion with racism working at a bank, okay? So I really do believe, and this is the God's honest truth, I really do believe deep down inside Bank of America has a really good practice of hiring women and hiring women of color. You know, you do see men of color too, but predominantly women of color. An African-American female boss. I had an Indonesian female boss. I had a Hispanic female boss. I, I saw a lot of diversity. I never had a white man boss, direct boss anyway. And I thought that was cool. I thought that they were, you know, giving people chances that you wouldn't normally see give people chances. But then as I got into management, I learned one thing and I saw one thing. The higher up you got, the less chance it was that those people, the you know, the women or the minority people that were working in branch banking were not going to make it up to regional manager status or area manager status or whatever because there's a lot of politics going on at that point. And I think a lot of it has to do with, hey, let's not hire the best person for the job at these roles. Let's hire the one that we know is going to stick around for a long time, that that's not going to use Bank of America as a stepping stone to go to another bank, that's going to have a family, that's going to stay here and put in their 20, 30 years work and then get the hell out of here. That's the way I really do feel about Bank of America and how they have hiring practices for minority people. And I can tell you I have two branch managers that both retired who put in 60 years of work and they only got to the level of branch manager although they could have been so much more with the skills that they had. Honest to goodness truth. So I really do believe that they have good practices to a point and then they stunt the growth. They throw all these things at people to make them kind of stick around or when they're done with you to make you want to leave. So I know the employees feel that too and the employees that stick around, they grow to be bitter, resentful people who just don't want to deal with customers and just don't want to hear the phone ring because it might be their manager talking shit to them or something like that. And I know a lot of bankers in my time working at Bank of America who feel that way and one of these days I'll get to interview all of them and tell you all their stories because they deserve to be heard. But we'll get to that later. But what I'm getting at is you have a lot of people who are in those roles who interact with customers on a daily basis. And they have to give decisions that the bank does on a higher level that they don't do. So for instance, whenever I would have a fraud case that would be declined despite the fact that there were obvious, obvious instances of fraud with someone, it would be the me, it'd be a Hispanic man or it'd be my African-American boss or someone who would have to tell that person who was likely a person of color because my bank was predominantly Hispanic. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to approve your claim because the bank determined it was a valid charge. And guess what? That ire, that, that F you, why don't you trust me, goes directly to not Bank of America, it goes to James Baca at the Amador branch in Las Cruces, New Mexico, 250 West Amador, 575-527-4481. That's who it goes to. And if they happen to protest, someone happens to protest, and they, they drive by 250 West Amador, Las Cruces, New Mexico, and see Bank of America, and they have a brick in their hand, or they see rocks on the ground, and you're already kind of upset and frustrated about the world that's going on around you with the George Floyd thing and protesting and kind of wanting to thumb your nose at the man. 
will you throw that rock through the bank's windows? I think a lot of people would. So here's the thing, okay? I understand. Very controversial, you know, controversial statement for me to make. But I don't condone looting and vandalism of mom and pop businesses. I love small businesses. I used to love opening up small business accounts at Bank of America and seeing people with their dreams, seeing people give their all, retiring from freaking teaching, retiring from the military, for God's sakes, to to start a business and to thrive and to succeed, to have the American dream. So I get frustrated when I see that. It hurts my heart whenever I see people... Um, looting small businesses because there's a lot of hard workers out there but you see i just posted a twitter video of um, san bernardino california where people were throwing rocks and breaking into a bank of america branch there and i was talking to someone from san bernardino who says hey no one gives a crap about us in this town you know people forget about us and whenever we're in the news it's something bad there's a mass killing there a few years back that i remember I see a rock and I see, you know, going through a window of a bank that's worth $300 billion. And I see um, Spanish um, signage in the windows where it's inviting the Hispanic customer in to come open accounts. Uh, the very same people that they try to get rid of, by the way. I understand. I understand if you want to break that window. It's a, it's a company that has a lot of issues, a lot of uh, the redlining thing in 2008 all the other instances of discrimination I could talk about in my book, and I'm going to talk about in my book, are there. I understand that. Because if you're thumbing your nose at the police you know, system, and you're thumbing your nose at the government, if you will, and like I said, I don't want to get into those topics because that's not my area of expertise. But I do know banks, and I do know how they systematically oppress people of color and poor people, whether you're white, black, or brown, um, more than anything else. Bank of America is not a bank for someone who makes $720 a month Social Security. It's just not. They're not equipped to, to help someone in your situation, nor do they want to, and it sucks. That, that I had to say that. I understand the anger that people have with these banks. I have been the ire of their anger, having to break horrible news to them over the years, and seeing how they screw people over as a, a non-Bank of America employee, but a bank advocate at Bank Better Guy on Twitter, seeing how everyone has a story of Bank of America hung up on me, Bank of America didn't believe me when I said that um, the ATM didn't dispense cash out, those things happen, and they happen every single day. And if one of those people just happens to be in a group of protesters and they're walking by the bank and they throw a rock through it, I know that they're not stupid, okay? They're not going to go try to open the vault. The vault doesn't open like that. You know, you can light that thing on fire. Um, it's not going to knock it down. It's a time lock. It's not going to move. I've, I've Trust me, I've accidentally locked it for longer than I should. It takes a miracle to get those vaults to open. Whenever you um, can't open them. So maybe you can loon still computers or still furniture or whatever. But I understand if it's just breaking a window of the bank to break the window of the bank, I'm all for that. I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying, hey, go break windows or go vandalize the bank. No, hell no. If you get caught committing a crime and get arrested, well, that's on you. But I understand. I understand what people are going through. I sympathize. Because, you know what, if... I know banking. If the amount of frustration that you have with 
the police department or you have with society kind of carries over to how you feel about a bank and how they treated you knowing that i've been treated certain ways myself as a customer of said bank then i totally understand and that's that's the that's the the narrow vote of support you're going to get from me you're going to get someone who understands the hurt that people go through whenever they're dealing with it i can't tell you how many times people lose all their money and i work my ass off to get their money back Imagine someone not believing you. Imagine your bank not believing you that you lost money and they're not willing to help despite the promises in their deposit agreement that says that they're going to help. I deal with that all the time. That's my area of expertise. So 2008, everyone went through the same thing with banks. you know. And 10, 12 years since then, they've all had instances. Bank of America's debit card fee, Bank of America supporting private prisons and Arctic drilling and all these things that people of a certain political persuasion um, basically don't like. And then the other political persuasion saying, hey, Bank of America opens accounts for um, people that aren't from the U.S. Yes, they actually do open accounts for people who are not from the U.S. Open up Kuwaiti accounts, Saudi accounts, Mexican accounts, um, accounts people from Guatemala, uh, South Korea, China, a lot of them from China and Russia um, because I lived in a college town, so I opened up a lot of accounts for students. So you have a lot of people on the other side of things saying, hey, only open accounts for Americans at Bank of America. Like I said, there's a reason why every side hates Bank of America. So if you get someone, it doesn't matter on what side of the aisle, and they say, hey, I'm going to give you a rock, and I'm going to put you in front of a window of Bank of America or Wells Fargo while you throw that rock, knowing that you're probably not going to get arrested or caught. I would say probably 75% of people would say yes, they totally would. And um, I, I understand and agree with that because, you know what, there were times where there were times I wanted to end my life because of the way the bank made me feel. There were times where I came home crying because of what they did to a customer of mine. I remember that Bank of America wouldn't do research on a deposit for freaking Arby's. Arby's was our customer it was Christmas Eve, I believe it was 2011 or 12. I had just become a personal banker. So there was an instance where Arby's was our customer and Bank of America would receive night deposits in our night depository and we would pull the night deposits, we would document them and we'd open them to you know, put their night deposits for Arby's and the movie theaters and stuff like that. So on Christmas Eve of that year, there was one deposit that was missing a few days before that because it was going into a weekend or something. And they couldn't find it. We couldn't find the bags. And we and we knew the workers at um, Arby's. There was two Hispanic people and one African-American person. And they all came to the branch saying, hey, we can't, we didn't get um, bag number 123's receipt. I was like, we didn't get bag 123. Well, I deposited it on Saturday night in the night depository. Well, we didn't get it. And... We looked at our logs, we forwarded our logs to the general manager of Arby's, and two days later, all three of those employees went to Bank of America and said that they got fired by Arby's. And here's why. So basically, they couldn't find the night deposit. They could not find the deposit for that night, and all three of them had been working. One person was supposed to go to the bank and make the night deposit. Other two were supposed to sign off on the receipt saying that it was done or whatever. And it wasn't processed, nor there was any record of it. 
all of them lost their jobs. So they pleaded with Bank of America, like the claims department, to say, can you please do research? Can you please look again? Can you see if there's any missing deposit work for our branch? Because there's missing a, a deposit for one of our business customers. And if they can't find it, then something's going to happen. Bank of America refused to look for that deposit. They said, whatever we had, we had, and there's nothing we can do. We're sorry. So Bank of America got those people fired on Christmas freaking Eve, okay? I used to see those people walking around in town, and God, I just didn't have the stomach for it. It just frustrated the hell out of me. And guess what? Two weeks later, two weeks later, that bag magically appears on our night depository. Why? Because it got stuck in the chute. Because they didn't seal the bag right. It had a lot of the adhesive on it, so whenever they dumped it in the chute, it somehow got stuck on the chute. And it took a deposit of many bags from another business to basically knock it off with the sticky stuff and back into there. Did those people get their jobs back? Did Bank of America make an apology? Hell no. They didn't. And that sucks. That's horrible. Three people lost their job. Three people of, you know, of color. And three people who did not... Who, you work at Arby's, you're not making a lot of money, okay? Three people who needed that job and needed it on Christmas Eve, for God's sakes. It was on Arby's to fire them on Christmas Eve, but it was it was on Bank of America to just, you know what, lift a freaking finger. Say, hey, you know what, maybe it got stuck in the chute, let's check. And you know what, it is our fault because we're supposed to look up the chute to make sure nothing got stuck. We had a flashlight there to make it, make it, you know, make sure that there's nothing stuck. And whoever didn't do the night pull or whatever did not do their job. Because they obviously didn't see the bag because it was stuck up in the chute. But did it matter to those people? No, they got fired. Instances like that, where Bank of America may not have been the reason, but Bank of America was a contributing factor, is reasons why I understand people's frustration with banks at this moment. A man died, okay? A man died, and it's unfortunate, it's sad. Uh, the people responsible for his death deserve to be brought to justice. But here's one thing that I can tell you. It's in a long line of little things and big things that it takes for someone to get upset and go off and be frustrated to the point of violence or vandalism and all that. I understand that. I understand the bullying mentality. You can only bully a person so much before they finally lose it one way or the other. They're either going to kick some ass or they're going to cower. And some people are kicking ass and the other people just will not. But you know what, when it comes to this, when it comes to the George Floyd situation, when it comes to how we act as a society, you know, do I think that, hey, looting a shoe store and stealing some new Jordans is going to solve solve things? No, it's not. It absolutely is not. That's not the way to do it. But did foot action or did the mall do anything wrong to you? Well, if it did personally, then I understand. But for the most part, no. They're there for your service. But a bank who is actively seeking to try to kind of eliminate customers, especially people in lower to middle class areas, absolutely. If you feel that way, I can vouch for you saying, hey, I understand why um, this person threw a rock through a window. I understand that. I'm not condoning it, but I understand. I don't want people to get hurt. So here's a couple of things. I am sharing... Bank vandalism photos and videos at Bank Better Guy on Twitter. I'm sharing it as part of documenting um, what's going on in the world. I'm considering myself part of the media. So I'm documenting these events that are happening for 
for posture. I want people to see 10 years down the road what was going on 10 years ago. And I really think that we need to learn a lot from this situation because it's very volatile. It's very scary. And I hope we can become a better society at, at the tail end of this, you know. I made it a point to someone on Twitter. I am not glorifying these acts by posting the photos and videos. By documenting them, by showing what's happening, I'm basically saying to Wire Bank Sucks listeners and to people who are on Twitter at Bank Better Guy that, hey, this is what's going on in San Bernardino. This is what's going on in Chicago. This is what's going on in New York. This is what's going on in Minnesota. So the tension that's arising that's causing vandalism in all these places, guess what? There's a common denominator, and that's big banks. If big banks were upstanding members of the community and they gave to people and people felt welcome and they felt the need to support and love that place, they wouldn't destroy them, am I right? I mean, you know, yeah, the news media would probably pick the sexier things to show whenever it comes to, hey, what's burning or what's being destroyed? Are they going to show uh, a nursing home being vandalized? Over a bank, probably not. Is it going to be in the middle of downtown major city where we all know that there's nightclubs and concert venues and stuff like that? No, they're not. That's not the sexier thing to show. That's just, honestly, whatever you believe in the media or not, it's just common sense. You go for the sexier topic, that's going to create the most buzz. Are there, you know, CPAP stores being burned down? I don't freaking know. But you're not going to see it on TV. But whenever you see Wells Fargo with a freaking brick through it or Bank of America with a rock through it, I understand that part of it. Because collectively, we've all come to realize one thing, and that's that's why your bank sucks. We collectively learn that these banks are not good for you. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase City, these major banks are not the friends of people in need. This is a former manager talking about this. They are not your friends. They don't want to be your friends, which is even shittier. And I hate it. I hate it so much. So how can collectively a group break windows and doors and destroy banks and people be upset about that? I know that sounds crazy. But I can tell you stories from rich and poor, black and white... I can tell you stories from Maine all the way to San Diego, California, of people who got screwed by Bank of America and Wells Fargo. All of them have similar stories as Bank of America was supposed to do this, Wells Fargo was supposed to do this, but then they did this. And now I'm mad, or now I'm upset, and now I can't buy my house, and now I owe $200. Why did you guys do that? Please help me, Bank of America. Please help me, Wells Fargo. That's common. The one thing I've said is Bank of America is looking to thin out their customer herd. And I do believe 66 million customers will soon be 20 million, if not less. I really do believe that they feel that way about their clientele, that they can make the same amount of money with a third of the people. I just really believe that. And how do they do that? Well, they do it through attrition. They do it through piss-poor service in communities that need them the most african-american and hispanic communities being the 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 main ones there and those people have their services limited or they have just bad service overall they leave and then the bank says hey we don't have as many customers as before and then they leave and then that's a bank desert and there's no banks at that point in time 
I can tell you, like the Kevin Bacon game, where there's six degrees of Kevin Bacon, there's six degrees of someone in your family or friends getting screwed by a big bank. I know it. So, I, I know you know it. So, here's the thing. Peacefully protest. Be safe. Understand that the world is watching. If you vandalize a bank, honest, and this is this is coming from James and Notorious Banker here. This is crazy me saying this. Don't do it unless you have a reason to do it. If you legitimately have been screwed over by a big bank, if you legitimately have been harmed by them in some way, and you can have documented proof, and you don't have to show me. You don't have to show the public. If you in your heart of hearts feel that way, that you have been hurt by these places, do I care about a $500 window? For a company that's worth $300 billion? Absolutely not. Go to town on it, but have a respectable reason why. Okay? They are, you know, big banks do have a tinge of racism to them. And the thing with police officers is, yes, there are some bad bad actors out there, some bad apples. Understand one thing, as I mentioned with the George Carlin quote. Sometimes there's just the world's worst whatever job title it is, whether it's cop or fireman or banker or doctor or lawyer, and you may have to interact with them tomorrow. The question is, are you going to lump the whole profession over one horrible, horrible person? For some people who will say, yes, you can, well, then I understand that too, if you have, in fact, had many documented incidences of that happening. But... Honestly, in the wake of George Floyd, in the wake of everything that's going on in Minnesota, I understand that right now times are a little volatile to be having these deep discussions. All I can tell you is be safe. Be safe and, you know, watch out for one another, love one another, and we'll get through this together. And we're going to have some serious discussions at the end of this about how to how to be better to each other. And I'm calling on you, Banks. If someone from Bank of America, Wells Fargo, or any of the big banks are listening to this, this is a time to understand that your signage is shit. Your advertisements where you just have one of every color, you have a black lady, you have a white man, and whatever, and they're all smiling, playing some sports game, you know, in the middle of the sign saying, hey, apply for our new credit card. That that stuff is junk. Treat your customers better. Treat your clientele better. Treat the community that you're in better. You don't have to show me signs, or you don't have to have that stupid commercial that they played during NFL season where the name of the song on the Bank of America commercial was Colors, and they were talking about how many colors they have at Bank of America. It is offensive to me. Instead of saying, hey, we're inclusive and we're diverse, whatever, no, show it to me. Show me that you're going to treat people in an African-American neighborhood better than you have been treating them. Show me that you're not going to close a bank in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood or a predominantly black neighborhood. Show me with your actions that you support people. If Bank of America puts out a statement, and I'm going to see on Bank of America's Twitter, put out a statement saying, hey, we're with George Floyd. Did you hear that from them? No. You heard that from the NBA, NFL. You heard that from media companies. You heard that from freaking Target and the people who make Madden football and all that stuff. You don't have to say, hey, we're with George Floyd. You can say, hey, we're with our community and we support our community. You didn't hear that from them, did you, though? No. So, honestly, this is a call to banks. Understand your clientele and have conversations with them. 
and understand the frustration and hate going on. Retrain your staff better. There are a lot of great bankers that work for Bank of America branches. There's a lot of great bankers that work in Wells Fargo branches. There's a bunch of them that hate their job and they hate all their customers because you made them hate their customers. You made them hate their jobs. So you've got to do better for that and then you can do better by the community. And you know what? You're going to have people who are African American or Hispanic who are not going to hate walking into a bank anymore because you're going to treat them better. And you're going to be better. You're not going to pick and choose, especially on Friday. Remember that YouTube video whenever everyone else got their check cash except the black guy in the construction company? And then the boss has to go over there and he makes a scene saying, you didn't cash the check for this guy because he's black, right? And I got to tell you, a lot of people say, oh, that's BS. That didn't really happen. Yes, it did happen. You know why? Because I used to have to do that on behalf of Bank of America. I used to have to be the person that says, oh, well, we don't got money in the vault or we couldn't reach the maker of the check, so we can't cash it that was me that was me that did that i made me sick to my stomach i vomited every time that i had to do that for bank of america because we didn't have money in the vault well get more money in the vault in your bank of america those things happen so you know what maybe you can have a better bank whenever you um invite customers into the bank and say hey how can we help you today sir my name is James. How can I assist you today? And be legitimately genuine about it. You know, go, oh, look at that. There's that Mexican guy that comes in every Friday to cash a check. Yeah, did you offer an account for him? Yeah, I offered an account for him. He doesn't want it, though. Hey, there's that black guy that came in. Again, he, he comes in every Friday. Doesn't he ever want to open an account? No, he says he doesn't like banks. <sighs> well, you know, let me talk to him. And let me talk to him means let me find a way to get his ass out of here forever. That stuff happens in banks, guys. And you know what? It's only going to get better whenever banks are properly trained to handle all customers correctly. Not picking and choosing who they want based on who they think is going to open an account or who's going to be a more valuable customer to them. And that's the way banks think, guys. George Floyd, um, the situation should not have happened. And to the family of George Floyd, I know they're probably not listening, but to his extended family and friends, to the people of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I have some friends who do a podcast called 500 by Midnight that um, live in Minnesota, so I was thinking about them. And to the rest of the country who are going through some crazy times tonight and the last several nights, um, guys, love one another, watch out for one another, be good to each other, be safe. Do not hurt your fellow men. If you want to break a window of a bank, do it, but have a reason for it. Do not hurt small businesses. Don't do anything that is going to get you in serious trouble. Be an American. Protest the hell out of your cause. Do it respectfully. Do it right. Show them who's boss through your words, through polls, through elections, through who you hire and elect and fire locally state or nationally if it comes to that you hold the keys you have a lot more power than than you think but whenever you go a little crazy with the power that's when people stop listening and this is what i tell people all the time who fight with big banks and i i do this all the time with bank of america customers Within an hour of them not getting their way at the bank, they're like, "I'm gonna sue this place. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the Better Business Bureau and the CFPB and the Office of the Comptroller, and I'm calling the news station. I'm calling my attorney, and I'm doing this and that." Blah, blah, blah. 
all of a sudden you're making them not ever want to help you because you threw everything at them right off the bat. No, with yours truly, I'm being better guy. I show you, you can be angry, you can protest, you can argue, you can be, you can be full of fury, and get them what you get, get what you want from them, and get it pretty easily. I want everyone in this country and this society to do better. You know, let's let's take a moment to acknowledge what's going on in the world. Let's talk about it without polarizing ourselves from one another. Let's have discussions, even with people you don't agree with. And then at the end end of this, we're going to have some serious discussions about the way that society looks upon African American people just in society in general. When it comes to financial services, when it comes to prisons or drugs or whatever you want to talk about, there's going to be a lot of ways to talk about that. I talk about banks, I talk about financial stuff. I'm not going to say that I'm an expert on the rest of that stuff because I'm not, but I am an expert on how banks treat minority people. So if I see a rock through a bank, uh, bank's window, bank's door, I'm not going to shed a tear. They have the freaking money to pay for it. And they will have a conversation, hopefully, with their staff and saying, hey, what happened here? Why did they destroy our bank? Why did they put rocks through our windows? What have we done? Are we good to the people in our area? Have those talks, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and other banks, and, and we'll get somewhere. But if you don't, and you condemn the actions without discussing why it happened, as opposed to, hey, it just happened, then that's just another reason why your bank sucks, guys. My name is James, a notorious banker, and this is a very hard topic for me. I, I apologize if I get off the rails sometimes. It's a really emotional time for a lot of people, and like I said, my condolences to the Floyd family, to everyone in Minnesota, Minneapolis in particular, and to everyone going through turmoil in their major cities now with protest. It must be scary to hear flashbangs and gunshots and all that. It, it's a scary time, and I don't wish that upon my worst enemy, even people that I don't like from Bank of America. I don't wish upon, you know, wish them upon that. So, be better, guys. I'll talk to you in a few days. I'm glad that I'm able to do this podcast. I just wanted to get it out there. Um, Patreon.com/slash/NotoriousBanker. If you want to donate to my cause, first of the month is up, so my donations come out now. You can get started for July for as little as one dollar. Please do so. Subscribe to my podcast. Leave a five-star review. Go to at BankBetterGuy. Follow me on Twitter. I talk about more things than bank violence, bank vandalism. I talk about how banks screw the little guy and how I can help you bank better. That's why my name is BankBetterGuy. But until then, my friends, we'll talk again soon. Uh, From my brand new desk that I got as part of donations from my PPP work. It's a beautiful desk, by the way. I shared pictures with it. My name is James, the Notorious Banker, and I just told you why your bank sucks. Guys, have a great week, a safe week. Be kind to one another. I'll talk to you soon.